The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus prayed for his disciples, and then he said, My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those who you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. In many ways, this seventh Sunday after Easter is an awkward Sunday. It is the Sunday that is sandwiched between the ascension of our Lord as he is taken back to the Godhead in a cloud and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, which we will celebrate next Sunday. And in the meantime, Jesus has told the disciples, stay here and wait. Stay here and wait. Well, that's fine. How do we wait? (laughs) Waiting does not come easily to human beings. It really doesn't. There is something in most of us, at least, that at some point needs to do something. We want to make a contribution to the world of some sort. We want to feel like we've got some value that we can offer to the world. And to just kind of sit and wait and do nothing is very very difficult and unfulfilling. I remember a few years ago, uh, one of the ads for the lottery had this man coming out his front door with a lawn chair and uh, he sets it in the middle of his yard and he sits down and he just kind of watches everybody else go to work. 
And I looked at this thing and I thought, boy, if that's the best the lottery has to offer me, I don't want it. <laughs> I really don't want it. So this Sunday, I think, in many ways invites us to contemplate we who live in the meantime between the first coming of Christ and the second coming of Christ, how do we go about our lives waiting expectantly for Christ's return? And that glorious vision that was read from uh, the Revelation passage this morning, how do we live our lives with that kind of eager expectation and not get bored spiritually. Well, I think there's a false dichotomy there between waiting and doing. Sometimes it is important to withdraw ourselves. We're told on more than one occasion that Jesus went off to a lonely place to pray, to get centered in, to, to put aside the distractions and, and the demands that were constantly upon him. To be able to listen to God and to just make sure that the vision is clear as to where God is leading us to go. Sometimes it's important to do that. But for large parts of our lives, there is a combination of both waiting and doing. We can live active lives in the process of waiting that grand and glorious vision. Paul gives us a hint of one piece of how we can do that when he says, when we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until his coming again. What, G what uh, Paul is alluding to is the fact that in the meantime, we willingly put ourselves into the community of faith and within the life of that faith we strive to express the kind of love toward one another that Christ obviously showed toward us. In fact, in our gospel lesson today, that is Jesus' prayer, that his believers may be one not only a community of faith, but literally his body on earth, the body of Christ. And so we are to be attentive to our common life as brothers and sisters in Christ so that we might be effective witnesses. It is the unity of the body in love, Jesus prays, because that is what will show to the world that God's love itself is real and present and active. And part of that community building, of course, is being continually nourished in the sacrament of his body and blood, proclaiming the Lord's death until his coming again. So we hold the vision in front of us of our Lord's grand and glorious return. And we live our lives in the community of faith, the body of Christ, 
with the kind of love that reflects the very love of God through Jesus Christ. But there is one more element there, and that is that the church is given a mission. It is our role to demonstrate to the world that though Jesus is not physically present with us the way he was 2,000 years ago in uh, the Holy Land, still God is just as present and just as active today as he ever was. Our Acts passage is a wonderful example and demonstration of that of the community showing forth the power of God in and to the world. It starts with a powerful example of uh, Paul uh, doing the work of Christ by healing the slave girl who is obviously possessed by uh, an evil spirit that uh, allows her to... uh, you know, to uh, divinate, (laughs) practice divination, bringing her owners a great deal of money. And Paul heals her in the name of Christ. I'm sure the slave girl felt wonderfully liberated. But of course, it made her owners mad because they lost their living. And so Paul and Silas are severely flogged, as it says, and thrown into the prison and put into the stocks. And I've heard various descriptions of these stocks and how they work, but all of them have one common theme. It was designed to make a person as miserable as possible, including keeping them from being able to sleep through the course of the night. And yet, in the face of that suffering, Paul and Silas do what? They sing psalms and songs of praise to God. How unlike what we would expect from a normal human being. What a witness it became to those around them. I'm sure the jailer also heard them singing late into the night. And then when he as well as everyone else is jostled awake by the earthquake and he sees that the doors of the prison have broken open and knowing that his responsibility to make sure that the prisoners did not escape was unconditional, he started to kill himself and Paul and Silas cry out, No, wait, we are all here. Again, something very unlike most human beings. But Paul and Silas knew that they had the power of truth with them. They had done nothing wrong, and so there was no reason to flee. They could trust God for what would happen next. And so the jailer comes in, and in the face of all of this, says, what must I do? to be saved. And Paul says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You and your whole household will know salvation. 
Paul and Silas were doing the work of the Christ, of Christ, demonstrating to this jailer and to his family and to all the other prisoners that were there the fact that God is present, God is active in the world today. And he invites everyone to be a part of his community of faith, the body of Christ. And so that's what we are called to. And I think this Sunday really helps to demonstrate that in a powerful way because of that invitation to ponder what does it mean to wait? What does it mean to wait for the fulfillment of the promises? It means going about the work of Christ and demonstrating to the world that God is, as he promised, present and active and at work in the world today. And so, in the name of Christ, we go about bringing comfort to people who need it, lending whatever support and care we can, binding the wounds that have been inflicted by this world, whether they be physical, mental, or spiritual, seeking peace among all in the name of Christ, showing to the world that God is present and that God is love. Now, to be sure, if we try to do that under our own strength, we will fail. Or at the very least, we will lose a lot of enthusiasm and perhaps turn a little cynical when we run into those people who don't appreciate our efforts to reach out in love and support. And we all know that that happens. We do need the Holy Spirit. But after Jesus said, wait here, he also said, not many days, I will send my Spirit. We are beyond that waiting time. That was only 10 days. The Spirit has been with the church ever since. And that's what we'll celebrate next week. But today is to remind us that in the midst of the anticipation of Christ's return, we have his work to do in the world. Amen.